At The Sprawl, we want to hire another journalist to dig into the stories that others won't. To do that, we need your support as we aim to reach 2,000 members by the end of the year. None of our journalism is behind a paywall online, but we do rely on our readers and listeners to pitch in a few dollars a month. And right now, when you sign up as a Sprawl member, we'll send you a copy of our new member-only zine. It's a special print edition with exclusive stories that you won't find online. And there are some other goodies in there, too. You can sign up at sprawlcalgary.com. The next stop, Sprawlcast. You're listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sprawl. And Sprawlcast is a show made in collaboration with CGSW 90.9 FM. We are broadcasting slash podcasting from Calgary in Treaty 7 territory. Sprawlcast is a show for Albertans who want more than the daily news grind. We don't do press release journalism, and we do our best to find the signal in all the noise. The response from Jason Kenney fell short. In fact, there was not much of a response at all. They made an entire statement about racism and didn't use the word racism. Will you clearly denounce the presence of the far right and of white supremacist groups such as the Soldiers of Odin or the Northern Guard in this province without using equivocating language? In this episode, I want to hone in on something that's been a pattern throughout Premier Jason Kenney's adult life, going back to his university days right through to today. And I'm talking about the consequences of his words and actions on other people, specifically people who are marginalized, and the Premier's response to those actions when he's confronted. You'll remember that when he was a university student in San Francisco, at the height of the AIDS epidemic, Kenny campaigned against gay rights. Specifically, he fought against a law that would have allowed hospital visitation rights for men dying of AIDS. Taylor Lambert investigated that story for The Sprawl in early 2019, and that April, before the last provincial election, Kenny was confronted about this record very directly by the global radio host, Charles Adler. Everyone now knows what some of your activity was about in in San Francisco. I mean, you actively participated in an initiative to take away rights from people with AIDS and their spouses You actively participated and were gleeful about not allowing lovers to visit their dying lovers dying of age. They couldn't visit them in the hospitals. Some of them couldn't even attend their funerals. And this was something that you were proud of. So that's beyond what you're talking about, well beyond that. I don't agree with your your characterization. It's true that I uh, put up some posters on campus and handed out some brochures that for an initiative campaign that was supported by the majority of voters in the very progressive city of San Francisco, a position that was supported by then uh, Mayor Dianne Feinstein. Uh, what was of, the consequence of your action, Mr. Kenny? So, Charles... What was the consequence? The, the reason I took that position is because I was concerned at that time, when I was 20 years of age, 21 years of age, in, in the 1980s, uh, I was concerned that that legislation would lead to a change in the definition of marriage. Uh, which ultimately, uh, one would argue, it, it did. And 
Now I acknowledge that the political and social mores has changed on those questions. This echoed what Kenny told The Sprawl a few weeks earlier, after Lambert went to San Francisco to investigate this story. Basically, that his views had evolved since then. But Adler honed in on something important. Why wouldn't Kenny apologize? Mr. Kenny, we could put this to bed immediately if you could only offer a genuine, fulsome apology. I'll, I'll move on from San Francisco. Have you ever offered a genuine, remorseful apology for the many people that you and your colleagues hurt with that initiative? Uh, Charles, I, I've said that I regret many things I did when I was a young man. That's, and that's not an apology, Mr. Kenny. I wouldn't take the same That's position. not an apology. When he was in San Francisco, Kenny also campaigned vociferously against a pro-choice group that had set up on campus. Lori Moore was one of the people who'd organized a pro-choice petition on campus as a student, standing off against the intimidation tactics of Kenny and his friends. And Kenny's angry approach took a toll on her. Decades later, her encounter with Kenny still provokes a visceral reaction. This is from Lambert's interview with Moore in early 2019. If you could say something to Jason Kenny now after all of this, um, after having this happen and having lived with the fallout for so long, um, is there anything you would say to him? I wonder if he'd talk to me and apologize to me. <laughs> Not because of his view, but because I wonder if he has any understanding about how people behaving that way, what kind of impact that has on individuals. I, I mean, I guess to crystallize it, that I'm a human being, and this, this affected me. And um, it was pretty horrible. It was horrible for me. And uh, I would like him to know that, I guess. You know, that there are consequences to what you, to what you, what you do. So what does Kenny's far-right track record have to do with Alberta in 2020? Well, as we all know, we're living in some pretty extraordinary times. Not just the COVID-19 pandemic, but the Black Lives Matter uprising has shone a spotlight on systemic racism in all corners of society, particularly in policing. And those anti-racism actions continue in Alberta. In early October, a group of Indigenous women walked from the Pikani Nation to Calgary to bring attention to missing and murdered Indigenous women. And on October 8th, students in Calgary Catholic schools walked out of school in protest after teachers were caught on camera using racist slurs. Now, these anti-racism actions are happening among some pretty concerning developments, to say the least. In early October, RCMP charged a penhold man with assault for what unfolded in Red Deer on September 20th. It was supposed to be an anti-racism rally, but it got cancelled after far-right groups showed up and protesters got attacked. And after the story of the violence blew up in the news, Premier Kenny stayed noticeably quiet. He let his new justice minister, Casey Madu, do the talking. There's a history of flagrant white supremacy in Alberta, from the KKK in the 1930s to Holocaust-denying schoolteacher Jim Keegstra teaching hate in his classroom in the 1980s. Now we have groups like the Soldiers of Odin and the Three Percenters, 
and a premier who is hesitant to speak up. We're going to hear from one of the co-chairs of Alberta's Anti-Racism Advisory Council about the Kenny government's response, or lack thereof, to racism. But first, let's go back to what happened in Red Deer in September. Here's Hadil Abdelnabi reporting for The Sprawl. A government can lead through policy, public statements, and initiatives. But it also leads by example and what it implies through a lack of meaningful comment or action. The protest was hosted by Cheryl Jamie, the creator of Red Deer Against Racism, as part of a series of anti-racism protests across rural Alberta. The intention was to start a conversation and create space for racialized Albertans to share their experiences. Instead, it was cancelled. All of us. Are traumatized. Keisha Daniels spent her summer in several small Alberta towns calling for racial equity. She was supposed to be a speaker Sunday. Her voice was silenced when the event was cancelled because of the violence. That was Rochelle Al-Sufi reporting for City News Edmonton on the cancelled protest. On the following Tuesday, Minister Madhu held a press conference. All Canadians have the right to peaceful protest and the right to free speech. I have seen select clips of the protest in Red Deer on Sunday, and I am admittedly disturbed. This right, our fundamental right, as Minister of Justice, I have been publicly clear about this. Violence and threats of violence at peaceful protests are unacceptable, period. All Albertans, regardless of race, religion, or creed, have the right to live their lives peacefully. And I denounce any instance of bigotry and intolerance. Our province, Alberta, is a tolerant, open society where we respect our neighbors even if we strongly disagree. I am confident that Albertans overwhelmingly reject the behavior Seen this past Sunday. Shortly after, a group of activists who were present at the initial protest hosted their own press conference. Here's Callum Daniels, co-founder of Black and Indigenous Alliance. We can and should disagree on public policy and discuss issues without resorting to violence. Justice Minister Casey Madhu, racism is not a public policy. Racism is not something that needs to be discussed. This conversation was about the experience of racialized folk. This conversation was about simple human rights. Kenny did chime in at one point, or rather he retweeted Madhu's statement. Mr. Kenny has yet to make an official statement on the violent attacks that had happened in Red Deer. Mr. Kenny has only spoken out via quotes of Justice Minister Casey Madhu's statement. The group also questioned Kenny's lack of response when he hasn't been afraid to be vocal in the past about less pressing matters. The response from Jason Kenny fell short. In fact, there was not much of a response at all. Mr. Kenny had more of a visceral response to the destruction of a statue of John A. MacDonald in Montreal, which, I will remind people, is an inanimate object. Premier Jason Kenny, I ask you, is an inanimate object more valuable than the lives and bodies of the racialized people and allies who were attacked by hate groups in Red Deer at a peaceful anti-racism community conversation this past Sunday? Letting Madhu take the reins sends a not-so-silent message. 
Keisha Daniels, co-founder of the Black and Indigenous Alliance, pointed that out at the conference. I find it very poignant that Mr. Kinney decided he was going to choose a racialized man to make his statement. I do understand that the justice minister is the justice minister. However, he is a racialized man, so it feels very token. I think that that's the symbol that it shows across Alberta and Canada, that the UCP government chose a token symbol to have this conversation, oh. rather than, rather than um, Premier Kinney himself. Because um, I would argue that if Mrs. Notley can come and speak with us, Mr. Kinney can come and speak with us. Mm-hmm. A subsequent anti-racism rally in Red Deer did go ahead in early October. But on the same week that the September 20th protest was cancelled, Kenny made some inflammatory comments in response to the Federal Throne speech, talking about one of his favourite topics, the importance of Alberta oil. If you really think that people, the billion people in India who desperately want to move to a higher standard of living are all going to be driving Teslas uh, 15 years from now, then you're disconnected from reality. Uh, That is to say... There are billions of people around the world living in extreme energy poverty. They don't have the luxury of um, repeating all of these kind of California-style pieties. They they want to stop burning cow dung. They want to be able to electrify their homes. Uh, they, They want to have affordable and reliable energy through much of Asia, Latin America, Africa, and elsewhere. We'll get into the subtext of those comments in a bit, but first... Let's have a little fact check. In fact, the India government is embracing electric vehicles to reduce the country's reliance on oil. India's goal is that 30% of all vehicles on the roads are electric by 2030. The same week Kenny made his comments, Reuters reported that the Indian government is looking at giving billions in incentives to manufacturers of batteries for electric cars. Now, in his response to the throne speech, Kenny also took a dig at intersectionality. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a framework that considers the overlapping nature of social factors, like race, gender, and class, when trying to understand the world. We also asked for action to show fairness in the Federation through reform of the fiscal stabilization program. These issues were not addressed in yesterday's throne speech. There was space for every bright, shiny object, every possible political distraction, kooky academic theories like intersectionality find their way way into yesterday's throne speech, but not one word about health transfers for the provinces that are carrying 80% of the costs as our population ages and we cope with a pandemic. After Kenny made those comments, one of the co-chairs of Alberta's Anti-Racism Advisory Council spoke out on social media. Heather Campbell wrote this on Twitter. As a woman, as a black woman, it was just more hurtful and offensive dog whistle racism from my government. So what are the consequences of Kenny's words and actions on this file? I spoke with Campbell in more detail about this. And just for context, the Alberta Anti-Racism Advisory Council was set up by the previous NDP government, to advise the provincial government on anti-racism actions it can take. And I began my conversation with Campbell by asking what she thought of Minister Madhu's statement about the Red Deer rally that was cancelled on September 20th. I thought it was, I thought Minister Madhu's response was quite poor. Uh, I was disappointed 
but uh, fundamentally, um, what uh, we saw in in Red Deer and in Pinoca and in all of these challenges is not a disagreement um, and uh, uh, a minor a minor difference of difference of opinion on matters. Um, these these were hate crimes. You had a group of folks who purposely went um, to a peaceful protest with the intent of creating harm, creating um, uh, creating pain, creating dissent, um, uh, spreading hate. These are hate and bias crimes. This is not a this is not a fundamental disagreement. Um, so I was disappointed um, in in Minister Madu's response, and similarly in the premier's uh, the premier's response, which was the same as Minister Madu's. Um, this they made an entire statement about racism, and didn't use the word racism. And what what do you make of that? Like because you know most people when they are condemning racism, uh, you know, they use that word. Um, but, but as you say, it, it didn't appear anywhere in Minister Madu's response. We're in a place right now where we are trying to actively eliminate systemic racism from society. And we have a premier and a, min- a justice minister who cannot utter the words racism in a statement that is about a fundamentally racist act. Why? Um, it's funny, I was in a, I was in a call with a, another organization on the weekend, and s- the topic of race and elimination of racism came up, and, and someone on the call said, you know, well, it would be lovely if we could, you know, not say anti-racism. And I asked why, and said, well, it sounds so negative. And I thought, wow, well, you know, anti-racism does, it's, it is a pretty, it is a pretty, pretty bold word. Um, but you know what? Racism is a pretty bold and painful thing. So the words match for me. Um, mm-hmm. If we can't name it, if we're not even brave enough to call something what it is, how are we, how in the world are we ever going to actually address it? Um, if we're not even brave enough to actually name it, I, it's it just for me. It's just I, I'm not even sure I have the words. I'm just so fundamentally frustrated. I want to jump in here because the day after I interviewed Campbell, Minister Madu more explicitly condemned an apparent white supremacist rally that had happened in Edmonton on September 29th. And yes, he did use the word racism. He called the people who participated "quote unquote." sad losers. And the day after that rally, September 30th, Premier Kenny was directly confronted by the CBC's Rafi Bujikanian. Hi Premier, considering the peaceful anti-racist rallies in Panoka and Red Deer that were disrupted by far-right groups and the presence of far-right elements last night holding a rally in one of Edmonton's more multicultural neighborhoods, will you clearly denounce the presence of the far right and of white supremacist groups such as the Soldiers of Odin or the Northern Guard in this province without using equivocating language that blames both sides when it comes to racism? I don't know whoever equivocates in, uh, on that, uh, Rafi. Uh, obviously, we condemn uh, racism and racial prejudice uh, in any manifestation. 
Uh, it is un-Canadian and un-Albertan. And, uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate that we've got a small number of kooks who go around trying to get attention for a message of hate. Uh, I don't think we should give them the attention that they crave. Uh, these, uh, these, you know, this is a country uh, that, while imperfect, is built on the concept of human dignity and equality of all before the law, regardless of race, ethnicity, country of origin. And uh, I, our Minister of Justice, Casey Madu, uh, the first black Canadian justice minister in history, I think made a very strong statement uh, unequivocally uh, condemning those uh, uh, hateful views and attitudes. Okay, let's go back to my interview with Heather Campbell. I asked her about Kenny's comments on dung burning and intersectionality. That was just highly offensive, um, fundamentally racist. I, <laughs> I, I could not believe um, that uh, that response received no um, follow-up or, uh, say response uh from the premier's office and from communications um uh responding to just how offensive and ridiculous those remarks are um you know <laughs> intersectionality um i believe that the premier said was something like a a kooky academic theory yeah exactly um, so you know it's this <laughs> it was just for me more dog whistle racism from my government uh, I think my I think some of the disappointment for me lies that lies in um, other leaders within the government and the caucus. Um, Minister Leela here is a woman, um, a woman of South Asian descent. I cannot for a moment imagine that the premier's comments were in any way okay with her. Um, I know her to personally be a very good human. And I cannot imagine that those comments in any way would have sat well with her. Uh, I am disappointed that I haven't seen a comment from her um, uh, denouncing uh, the premier's comments. Um, similarly, um, the Alberta, the Alberta Anti-Racism Advisory Council reports into culture, multiculturalism and status of women. Um, when uh, Minister Madu was making the statement about uh, the events um, uh, and the hate crimes that were happening in Red Deer, and uh, why would you not have brought in um, Minister here as part of that as part of that conversation, um, given her role for culture, multiculturalism, and status of women? Um, it just it seems so it just seems so disjointed and strange to me. Um, surely. Uh, I think she should have been a part of that, the conversation. Um, mm -hmm. It's and, and maybe it would have gone differently, right? Well, maybe we would have had a statement about racism that actually used the word racism. Mm -hmm. And this this is a recurring thing. Like it's not just a one off. Uh, these comments, like when when the John A. McDonald statue was pulled down in Montreal <laughs> a few weeks ago, you know, Kenny actually had some very strong words, stronger words than he had about what happened in Red Deer. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I believe he called some folks thugs. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you uh, you took pretty strong issue with that as well. Absolutely. Um, uh, protesters 
who are primarily black and indigenous are not thugs. They are protesters. Uh, and to say anything otherwise for me is just, again, more dog whistle racism. Um, so yeah, Jeremy, I think you've identified a really um, interesting, I'm not going to say lovely, it's, it's typically my word, but um, a very interesting pattern of behavior. And, and what would you say are the consequences of these kinds of statements? Because it's, you know, it's one statement here, it's, you know, bur stop burning cow dung here, and, you know, kooky intersectionality is a kooky academic theory, there's, there's these Twitter comments. Um, yeah, what would you say are the consequences of these kind of repeated statements? I think it probably falls into three buckets. Uh, the first, uh, I am a co-chair of Alberta's Anti-Racism Advisory Council. If I can't get to a place where my premier and government can communicate um, to Albertans and to the world in an anti-racist manner, um, how effective am I being in my volunteer capacity? So that's the first piece. It makes me question uh, my own credibility and reputation. Um, second bucket is really trying to understand whether there is an intent or an appetite to really actually move this province forward in our relationship to one another, uh, in in the idea that we could eliminate racism and uh, reduce systemic racism and look towards the economic prosperity uh, for everyone. Um, because truly, truly, racism itself is an economic issue. It's about trying to, uh, try, we're trying to work on ensuring that everyone can thrive, full stop. So it makes me question whether the, the province has, um, has that as an underlying intent or intention. Uh, third is how we're perceived um, externally. And, you know, I look at province of Quebec and uh, their Bill 22, which basically legislates systemic racism um, with, with head coverings and all that. And I wonder if Alberta is just the embodiment in words of all of what we're seeing. Um, no, we don't have a, we don't have a rule. We don't have any uh, regulation around head coverings and, um, legislation of that nature, but, um, with the amount of dog whistle racism that occurs, well, you know, that was three incidents in a week. <laughs> you, you, you have to start to wonder how we are going to be perceived um, within Canada, internationally, um, who is going to want to make their home here? Uh, will they feel safe? Um, so yeah, I think it for me, it's it really just speaks to three three different buckets. Heather, is there anything that you'd add that I haven't asked? <laughs> this uh, is your chance <laughs> oh boy um uh, i'm <laughs> it's that it's that open it's that open field it's yeah. you know it's this is such a huge topic it's exhausting um it's difficult 
it's uncomfortable, but I'm confident that, you know, I'm not always out there just, you know, verbally assaulting people about, um, <laughs> about racism. I think this is, this is something that we actually, we walk this journey and we walk this path together as a community. And it's important for Albertans to understand that this is about the prosperity of all Albertans. We walk this journey together. We are, uh, we resolve this problem together. And yes, it exists. Racism exists. And there is no getting around that. Um, this isn't going to sort of fade away into the into the into the ether and we're not going to be talking about it a month we're probably going to be talking about it even more and we need to come to a place where we address it we uh, feel confident about our uh, about our approaches and solutions Um, we're authentic in our approaches and solutions and we're earnest Uh, and that's that's a bit sermon-like but uh um, it's very much the it's very much the mindset that I need to that I need to be in as we as we tread these very challenging waters right now. End of line. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. You've been listening to Sprawlcast. I'm Jeremy Klossus, and this episode was edited by myself and Hadil Abdelnabi. Speaking of which, at the sprawl, we're sorry to see Hadil leave Calgary for a bit. She's been our staff writer intern since May, and now she's off to Toronto for an internship at CBC News. We did a fun Q&A with Hadil before she left. You can find that on our website at sprawlcalgary.com. You can also find a full transcript of this episode on our site. We get our transcripts done locally by Opal Transcription Services, a Calgary company. Make sure you're following us on social media. We're at Sprawl Calgary on all the big platforms. Our theme music is by Dan D. Augustino and Kenny Murdoch. Our C-Train narrator is Holly McConnell. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Right now, when you sign up as a Sprawl member, we'll send you a copy of our new member-only zine. It's a special print edition with exclusive stories that you won't find online. You can sign up at sprawlcalgary.com.